This is Sarah Reinhardt, and you're listening to The Catholic Foodie with Jeff Young and, if you're lucky, his wife Char. This is Jeff Young, The Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to Episode 69 of The Catholic Foodie of Dates and Feasts. And uh, welcome, honey. How are you? Doing great. We got some exciting stuff on the show today. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, feasts, of course, and, you know, dates. We've had lots of dates recently. Love it. I know it's exciting. It's awesome. And there's a reason why we could do that. We'll have to get into that later. Uh, We're also going to be talking about uh, some feedback. We've got some excellent feedback I'm excited to share with you. We've got gardening and smoothies and a whole lot more. We've got Mary in the Kitchen. So stick around. The Catholic Foodie. Where Where food meets faith. Well, we have been feasting quite a bit. I say quite a bit. Um, I guess a a few times this this week, huh? Compared to Lent, yep. Yeah. We are in Easter. That's right. We Uh, are Lent was a little different. Uh, Lent was a little different, you know. The the whole fasting thing is is kind of at a standstill with uh, with Easter. That's right. (laughs) And this is going to be the third Sunday. Tomorrow's the third Sunday of Easter. Where's the time gone? I don't know. Back in the regular routine, and it just flies i know it flies and, and we've been so extremely but busy so painfully too. slowly at the same so, time yeah well yeah <laughs> especially when you consider the school year i know it moves a little more slowly than you'd like it to uh but only about a month a month more i think with uh with school and you know speaking of school we probably should go ahead and do um feedback first okay you know, we got a few things about what uh we announced last episode episode 68 and uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, uh, go ahead, go back. It's about Divine Mercy. And we also made a very uh, uh, special announcement. And I think, that you would, um, I think that you would like that very much. All right, here we go. Let's see feedback. First of all, I'm going to give you a couple of emails that we got. Uh, the first one's from Kate. Kate Daniluk from makingmusicpraintwice.com. You may remember Kate. She's, uh, she's a regular here at the Catholic Foodie, and she's awesome. And if you haven't checked out Making Music Praying Twice, you really really ought to do that. Uh, fantastic ministry to families and children. Uh, I really like what she's doing over there. And she's a foodie, which makes it even better. <laughs> anyway, Kate said, wow, God bless your decision and your future work. Now you can grow the Catholic foodie more. Yes. That's very exciting. I'm excited. And then thanks uh, for this update um, and this is uh, this is from uh, David, or is it David? Let me see. Davin. Davin. Davin Jacobson. And he says, uh, thanks for this update. I think he's referring to last episode. I'm a highly religious doctor, and I really respect your blog. Keep up the great work here. Wow. So thank you very much, uh, Davin. I appreciate that. And, you know, we, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a passion. Yes. Right? It's something that you uh, you just have to do. You know, and hopefully you're doing the best job you can and that people get something out of it. And uh, with the feedback we get, it seems like that's what's going on. Yeah. Huh? It's fun. We love it. So those were two uh, two emails that we got this past uh, week. Actually, two weeks almost, huh? Almost. We didn't do a show last Sunday because we had, well, it's that busyness, that post-Easter busyness. We had First Communion. We had First Communion for, for our na- nephew. nephew. In Baton Rouge, and we're going to talk about that in the feast segment, okay? Because uh, that that's uh, that's going to be very important there with the the feasting. So um, 
let me pull up uh, some voice feedback that we got. Hey, Jeff, this is Lisa Hendy from CatholicMom.com and the Catholic Moments Podcast. You know, I just finished listening to your last episode and uh, the Divine Mercy episode, number 68. And I just wanted to say to you and Char that I really admire your wonderful attitude about this transition in your life. And I want you to know that you have my prayers. And I know that you're going to be a great success in the work that you're planning to do because um, because God has specially prepared you to do it. And I love that you uh, have linked us to divine mercy and trusting in God's providence in our lives. And I just want to say that to both of you that you're a wonderful inspiration. And maybe someday I'll learn to cook. But uh, in the meantime, I love listening to your show just for the, the special uh, inspiration and the great model of faith that the two of you provide. So thank you for that. Have a great day and bon appetit. Wow. Bon appetit. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's what Lisa is. Uh, oh, goodness. I mean, what can we say about Lisa? I mean, she's fantastic. We had the pleasure last summer of uh, of dining with Lisa. She was here in town and uh, she was flying in and out of uh, New Orleans, uh, going to visit her, her parents uh, in Mississippi, I believe. And uh, we got to meet her the day that she was flying out. We got to meet her and uh, down in, in the French Quarter. We went to Nola's. Uh, one of Emerald Lagasse's restaurants, and we just had a ball. Uh, she's just she's a she's a special special woman, uh, doing great things over there at CatholicMom.com, and of course she has her her wonderful podcast, Catholic Moments. Um, so if you don't know Lisa Hendy, you need to get to know her. She has a book that just came out about a month ago, maybe oh, about gosh, a month ago. Jeff, you are so I'm bad terrible with time. time. <laughs> terrible with time. Maybe a couple of months ago. I don't remember. It's been months. quite a while, no, sweetheart. It's it not like been a month. Maybe February. I think it was in February. <laughs> anyway, um, great, great book. I'm terrible with time. But uh, <laughs> as as is evidence oh here goodness. on the show where yes. I always tend to go a little long. Anyway, um, <laughs> Lisa, her book is the handbook. You want to talk about it? You want to, since you're the mom? Oh, God. Handbook, handbook for, for Catholic, Catholic moms. moms. Do you want to talk about that? Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to save... Yeah, because guess what? what? That's like a whole... I know. That's what I was about to say that. That's going to be a whole episode. But uh, uh, we have... Actually, we have two copies of Besides that book. Besides get the book. Two copies <laughs> of that book. If you don't know about it or you don't, uh, you don't have it, of course, there's a link over at CatholicMom.com. It's available at Amazon. And a, a great book. It makes me wish I was a mom. Oh, yeah. At least you have, you have one. <laughs> That's right. I have a mom and uh, I'm married to a mom. That's right. A special mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I've been dating quite a bit lately. That's right. You know? Isn't that great? It is. We've actually had dates. What's that all about? It's nice, huh? How, how's that even happening? I mean, we, we're busy. We've got three little kids and they're kind of like rugrats are all over the place. They're, they're, they're full of energy. They're, I don't know, they're just... Look at me, I'm bald, you know, my hair falls out because I don't have the energy to keep up with them. How is it that we manage to find the time away from the kids to go on dates? Well, we love the plays they are in. (laughs) (laughs) Three actors. But they are, it's just, it's awesome. Last night was the opening night of their show. They're doing Stuart Little and they are having a blast. And I was completely impressed with all they could do. Um... You know, because they're singing and dancing and acting, all rolled up into one show. And uh, my comment to Jeff at one point was, uh, "Wow, 
They sure do take direction well. From a director. Yes, from not, other people. Not, not from their parents. From other people. <laughs> and um, But anyway, we always um, slip over to Del Porto, our favorite restaurant, which I know y'all have heard us talk about many, many times. And uh, we, ne- we do not tire of it, but it's around the corner. It's literally a two-minute drive um, to the theater. So we can drop them on the Friday night, run over to the happy hour, and uh, they serve us. They serve small plates, and we're able to dine. I mean, excellent, excellent food for. Um, I mean, a fraction of what you would pay normally, wouldn't you think? Oh yeah, compared to their yeah non happy hour menu mm-hmm. prices or the entrees. I mean, they're hefty, heftily priced. Oh, the entrees are very expensive. Typically, but um, the food is just. I mean, so. I mean, that's the cool thing. So good. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Incredible. It's our kind of food. I it's mean. One, it's major foodie, like, junction. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're yeah. a foodie, you want to be there. And matter of fact, I, uh, you know, Foursquare. I don't know if you know anything about Foursquare, but that's a new social networking type, uh, Twitter type place uh, online. And they've got an iPhone app. And I'm, I'm sure they've got other kind of apps too, Android or whatever. I'm not real sure. I'm an iPhone Mac addict uh person so anyway uh but but foursquare they have an app and uh you know you go to different places you check in you can tweet it and it's just really neat you get to you know see where other people are and what they're doing and and you kind of learn about new places they could put uh, tips for different restaurants or stores or wherever that people are and you know you friend people just like you do on facebook or twitter and and it's just really neat and anyway I, i put del porto in there and only a few people have been there so far but Saying um, you'll be the mayor, huh? Yeah, hopefully I'll be the mayor of Del Porto soon. <laughs> I, I really have to pay for that one, you know. I know. <laughs> Going there. But the, the cool thing, I was going to say, the cool thing about uh, happy hour, when you say happy hour, is it's not just alcohol. I mean, they do have, uh, I think, half-priced beer and wine and, and the margarita. Martini. Martinis. Yeah, <laughs> martinis. And, and very nice martinis. Like the one you had last night was a... Grapefruit. Grapefruit martini. Fresh... I can never say the word right. Fresh, muddled, uh, muddled, muddled, muddled grapefruit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm muddled the word every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's just so fresh and yeah, crisp and delicious. It very, and it, it's not cheap vodka either. No, it's very. I mean, it was it's regularly good. they put it on at the regular price, but it was like what was 12 the regular bucks. twelve bucks for a regu- regular price? So it's six at happy hour. Yeah, wow, that's yeah, a that's huge difference. There. Huge difference. And it's just a nice, nice place to be. Atmosphere is great. Very romantic, by the way. If you're ever in Covington and, you, you know, you want to take out your your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. Um, very romantic. And it always, when it when we go, it's always raining. Yeah, something it's about just, that. We are always there on a rainy. I thought about that yesterday. I don't know rainy if it's, date. I don't know if it, it rains because we're going or because it's raining we go. We just happen to be going. It happens to be yeah, raining. I, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's but a philosophical. I, will say, I mean, uh, the weather people don't know what they're talking about ever. It's it's pretty right now. It's supposed it, to be storming. I'm so excited. It, it's supposed it's to be severe. Weather, answer yeah. answer to prayer. Lots and lots of prayers. But it is lots windy. of people. I know. Yeah, it is windy because our church is having a um, the schools having a huge fair and yeah. it's jazz fest in New Orleans, guys. I know jazz fest. It's and we're not uh, there. and we're not there. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is, uh, I mean, for those who don't know, what is uh, Jazz Fest? I don't think anybody doesn't know what Jazz Fest is. New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. It's enormous. It's the 41st year this year. Wow. You can go to WWOZ. Okay. Um, That's a radio station. Which is a local radio station, and they stream a lot of it live, some of it recorded, because there's an unbelievable number of acts going on at the same time. At the same time. I mean, it's just like you have, I mean, people you'd pay, you know, you'd go to see, I mean, like three of them playing at the same time. You know what I mean? Like big names. Like Aretha Franklin. Franklin. I don't know. (laughs) Lionel Richie or something at the same time, but... They're not playing the same time, but you know it's um. Well, you got Simon and Garfunkel. Like I mean, some of the people that are going to be there: Simon and Garfunkel. There tonight. Tonight. And a, yeah. Aretha Franklin, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um. But I mean, there's just hundreds and hundreds huge, and hundreds. Huge names. The so iguanas. then you've got yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's so much fun, but we haven't been since we've been married. I know. Or except you went, didn't you? I think I went one time with Dwayne. Didn't I go with Dwayne one time? I met him out there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Big D. So, we but anyway, the point there. is, too, they have do, they do have incredible music. I mean, and food, food. That's what I was trying. I was yeah. going to say. I mean, you could eat and eat and eat. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole nother show. We'll have to wait on that. We'll have to wait on that. Maybe because we're week, ta- supposed to be talking about date. You know, because it's two two weekends in a row. They yeah. Have, right. And two weekends in a row. Yes. Is the jazz fest. And and there was a, an article in uh, was it Offbeat magazine? Mm-hmm. Uh, we just yeah, saw it offbeat. yesterday. Uh, there was an article there talking about how you know a lot of places around the country you go to their fairs, or their 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 festivals, and they've got like hot dogs and hamburgers and. No way, baby. There's nothing like that here. I it mean, is you, so you can't find a hot dog anywhere. It's, I mean, you got all kind of awesome, awesome. I mean, the uh, food we could talk about for like a whole ever, year, forever. Oh yeah, it's incredible. The crawfish bread. Oh my god. Well, let's, oh, okay, we may we have to go. So digress from we may where have to go. I know. It'd be, it'd be really cool to get like press passes to go in as Catholic foodie and do interviews. I know. Mark Griswold maybe could hook us up. Yeah, Mark, if you're listening, uh, see me, what we can do for next year or email. even next yeah. weekend. Shoot, yeah, man, that'd be great. <laughs> I know. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. We could go. You could skip school. Yeah, take off. Um, it'd be awesome. Yes, it would. <laughs> we should go. Anyway, we're not there today. And the other dates we've been going on um, are our, we're doing a marriage program at church, which is called Covenant of Love. Mm-hmm. And it is. Wow. It is wow. It is wow. It is beautiful and deep and wowy. This is the, the, the second phase, I guess. We did it last year. Last year was the first time the parish did this. And I think Covenant of Love is actually a, a program out of Texas, uh, the people who wrote it, were they, were they, sweetie, Texas, I think, are they from Alabama? Or are they just? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I can't remember. Um, but anyway, the, the, the mobile. I mean, I don't know if that's where the Alexanders live. Maybe, but um, uh, what's really cool about this is that um, we we did it last year. It's almost like a uh, St. Peter's, our parish. It's almost like a prototype because it was so successful. We had so many couples. Like, how many would you say? Fifty, sixty couples. I mean, I'm terrible with numbers. Time and numbers, you know. Um, really bad. But um how many do you think oh were there gosh, last year? I don't know. I mean it was We had a room full. It was like yeah, ninety, hundred people or something, seventy five couples. Seventy five couples. I think yeah, it's seventy that seems couples. Seems like a lot. Well, I mean it was packed. That was it at was least packed. for the big celebration at the oh, yeah. end. Oh yeah. 
So anyway, and it, we went. I think uh, last year it was it was once a month, right? And uh, it spanned, I guess, maybe nine months, something like that, ten months. Yes, I mean, it spanned it spanned a while, and it was just really good. It was basic stuff, but it was it was marriage enrichment. It was not uh, uh, like marriage counseling or anything like that. It was marriage enrichment. It was for people who just want to grow uh, in their marriage. They want to grow better in their marriage. Oh goodness, that's loud. Man, that's supposed to signal our break, and it just about broke my eardrums. Uh, <laughs> so we'll have to do a break in just a second, but first let's finish this thought. Oh, my goodness. We have to maybe rethink this whole break thing. I huh? don't think I like that. Uh, well, maybe, maybe we'll rethink that. Okay, well, okay, back to... Uh, <laughs> you know, you learn. What not to do. You learn okay. all the time. But uh, what, what was... The know, covenant of love. Covenant of love. What, what happened was... Um, well, this is... Can I speak? Go ahead, please. Please. No, I mean, While it's I based on... Um, there's a book written by Edward Sree. Yes. Who um, basically did a John Paul II's love and responsibility for dummies, basically. <laughs> Not really, but it is. It does bring it the. Um, encyclical down to earth right or down to not to earth but to 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 us <laughs> right <laughs> to to, to, the, to common folk yeah who may common. be intimidated by the theology of the body or just were never exposed to it yeah you know but it's um very very profound and mm-hmm. um i mean they the, the first chapter was about in the first session was about the person about personhood mm-hmm you can explain that better than me. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how, how much we want to talk about this uh, today, but, uh, you know, one of the, 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 the foundation thoughts of uh, John Paul II and the theology of the body is the fact that um, it is, is what, you know, the definition of person, what a person is, you know, and it's, it's very hard to describe a person um, to kind of get to the, the, the actual, like, who this person is. I mean, it's very easy to describe what's called in philosophy the accidents of the person, right? The 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 the, uh, the descriptions, the the things you could see, uh, or the things that you can experience. The accidents would be, I mean, for instance, in the Eucharist, you see the accidents referred theologically. The accidents are the the bread and the wine, and even after consecration, right? The look, the smell, the taste, all of it looks just like tastes like um, bread and wine. But we know that substantially, it's been uh, transubstantiated has been changed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. In the same way, a person, you have the accidents we could see, you know, tall, short, skinny, fat, uh, uh, blonde, brunette, or in my case, bald. Uh, you have all of that are, are accidents, right? Uh, someone who is uh, energetic, lazy, whatever funny. it may be, funny, smart, not so smart. All those are just things that kind of describe the person, but it doesn't get to who the person really is. And the only way you can kind of describe who that person is is by saying that they are all of those accidents kind of brought together, all those descriptions, the d- details brought together um, into one in a unique way, yet they go beyond just those accidents. They go beyond just the descriptions. Uh, so it, it, a person is unique and irrepeatable. And you know, you, we base this once again off of uh, John Paul, not John Paul, uh, off of uh, God's description of Himself in Genesis, right? To Moses, He says, "I am who I am," and that's because if you go 
any any further beyond that, trying to describe God, it, those descriptions fall short. I mean, you can't describe God. So if God's trying to tell us who he is, he can't say, you know, he's love and he's mercy. And, I mean, he's true. He is all that. But he's more than that. You know, we can't really describe him. We can't nail him down. And so he is who is. And in a way, in a way, we can say the same thing. Jeff is Jeff. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else I can say to describe myself. Um, I mean, I can describe myself physically or emotionally or, uh, you know, as far as demeanor and traits, character traits or whatever, but I can't really say who I am. So that, 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 that whole thing that sort of kind of eludes us, that is the person. It, it's, it's all of those things brought together and yet it's more. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that this is important for John Paul II is that, um, one of the dangers in the world today, I guess it's always been around, but today in particular we see this, is utilitarianism, where we're so used to using things to uh, to get our way or to, to manipulate life and circumstance that uh, we've gotten to a point now where it's it's common just to use other people for our own means. And so that destroys the dignity of the human person. So that's where you kind of begin in marriage, right? You got to begin with a human person. I love Char because of who she is. And so even if she becomes incapacitated, even if she goes bald, <laughs> right, um, I still love who she is. I mean, that, that's, that's, what makes her, that's what makes her her. And why do we have someone driving up in our driveway? Oh. Maybe they're turning around. Oh, they're turning around. Good. So anyway, uh, you know, it makes her who she is regardless of circumstance, we can be rich, we can be poor, we can be healthy, we can be sick, we can be whatever, and yet she is who she is. So I love her no matter what, right? I love who she is. And that's that's kind of like the heart and soul of this relationship of marriage. So uh, That's where we began. That's where we began. We've been cracking that open. Yep, cracking and it open. We meet in small groups, and um, we love our our group. Oh, we got a rock and solid group. It's awesome. <laughs> we love our little group. Awesome. And it's group. just de- it's it's beautiful. And I the whole my the thought after the first night was wow. This is so absolutely countercultural. It is. This is how many people on this planet are in this country are having these sorts of conversations. It is beautiful and it's very against you know, modern culture. Yeah. And it's something we need to instill in our children. And, um, anyway, it's, yeah, we could go on, but you know what? I know we got time. We got, we we got, got we're on, we're Let's time. look at that list. Cause uh, I'm gonna have to skedaddle. To get All right. Our let kids me, in. let me, uh, we'll, we'll play a little bumper here. And while we're doing that, we will look at our list. You heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. All right. Well, I think we're going to jump ahead here and talk about... uh, Something we talked about last week, your yeah, garden. Just, I need an update. I yeah. need to give a little update, a little update on the garden. 
Anyway, learning what not to do. I learned, um, well, the other day I went out of the morning and I um, saw my sugar snap peas, which are just, I just said, this is definitely the most beautiful thing I've ever grown. It is um, these little pea pods when they come out look like little babies with bonnets and a little hat and a little uh, frilly collar. Anyway, beautiful pea pods. And I had a trellis. I didn't, you know, build one. I, it's just something I've had for years. And it's only about four feet tall. So mm-hmm. my, the the pea pods, or whatever you call them, the pea vine. <laughs> what is it? Anyway, it had, tra- it had climbed up the trellis to the top. Well, then we got our, had our first rain. And guess what happened? They kind of went over the trellis and then they toppled. Oh, and man. they were so tender, and the stalk is very, very, very tender. And so it ended up falling over, and then all the little baby tendrils grabbed the bottom of the of the, the, the uh, of the plant. Okay, the so plant. then you have and everything else around it. So basically, by the time I got out there, like a day later, what had happened is my little, you know, they bent. And you can't you can't try to pick them up. I tried, yeah. and I went, ugh. Anyway, so I learned how not to do that. I'll have to build my own trellis with, like, bamboo and string next time. I think that's really the best, and it has to be much taller than I, what I have, um, probably a good eight feet or so. And um, anyway, besides that, I've got my um, – I'm starting to pull out the lettuces by the root, like the um, arugula and the spinach – it didn't do well. But we've had some nice salads, huh? Oh, yes, we have. It's been wonderful. But it's time for um, my beets now are starting to kind of, I don't crest, crown mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. at the top. Um, I don't know when to pull those out. Well, we'll have to Google it. And carrots, too. Yeah, we have to Google that. They're getting orange, and I can see them. Um, so it's time to put some some summer crop in. I think so. So who else is doing a garden out there? Hey, that's a great question. And we'd love to hear it. Maybe Please. Get some good tips and stuff. And tell me about your compost and how it's cooking. <laughs> if you've got one, I, um, I'm experimenting there as well. Because I find I can't get it down to just, it's so rich, so rich. Um, but I find that it's, I, I end up with too much larger particle than I need, then I can throw in my, you know. But now I started to juice. Moving on to the next topic, I've started <laughs> to juice um, for the kids and I, not Jeff. He hasn't had any yet. But um, I was wondering who all, who juices out there. We did, um, and what do you juice? Because we've done carrots and green apple and ginger. I like that a lot. Um, I've done, thrown mint, fresh mint in. What else? Anyway, I'm not, I haven't gotten too far with it, but I just, you know, it's something I don't do year round or anything. I just kind of do it at different times of the, you know, inconsistently, but we've pulled out the juicer Mm -hmm. and what else, baby? Well, what else is uh, for Christmas, I got a very nice gift card from um, 
uh, from my parish, and it was for Macy's. And so we decided to go. We had to go across the uh, the lake the other day to the mall. Malls are evil, by the way. Uh, talk about an assault on the senses. It's unreal. Unreal. But that's another day. Um, and we went to Macy's and we picked up a blender because I, I think I was the one who destroyed our previous blender. It's uh, just wear, sweetie. So we went and we got a, uh, a Cuisinart blender, which is, I mean, Cuisinart rocks. Like a top of the line. Yeah, yeah. it rocks. So. Really nice. So that was great. And and with a blender and uh, summertime and fruit and ice, you get to make what? Smoothies. Yep. So we made a smoothie, but it, actually it was a milkshake. And you didn't have any because it had milk. Right. And, and milk um, doesn't do me good. We did frozen bananas and actually pear. And I put a little honey. But anyway, there are so many different recipes. And I'm kind of particular on the fruit I pick. Um and buy so i had you know i love berries like a typical smoothie i grew up on was like frozen blueberries frozen bananas and orange juice mm. like i'd make that wow. all the time but what do y'all who else makes smoothies out there um let us some, know some good smoothie recipes we need some feedback yeah it'd be wonderful yeah that's what i want to know well excellent well, we expect to hear from uh from you to find out what you do as far as smoothies go and also juicing. We'd love to know. I mean, this is great stuff for the summer. This is the time. I know. It's just, it is it, the time. It's hard to kind of, you know, you just want to keep it light and fresh and um, fortifying and and all that. And yummy. And you just don't want to have like a big old pot roast or something. Oh, no. You know, it's no. just not the time. Um, so we, you know, and we're, we'll be out at the pool a lot, the kids swimming and um, you know, so tell us what you, what you like to, um, what liquid, uh, meals you like to, <laughs> to make. That's right. All right. Well, uh, actually you have to run, huh? The kids are going to be in between performances and you got to go pick them up. I do. All right. Well, we're going to say, uh, goodbye for now. And, uh, I love you. I love you. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, you know, it, it just occurred to me... <laughs> Now that, that uh, Char made her or is making her exit right now at the moment. Uh, you know, earlier we played the feedback and uh, all, th- well, two of those uh, pieces of feedback uh, from Lisa Hindi and also uh, Kate Daniluk. Both of them referred to our announcement from last episode, but I didn't, if you haven't listened to that last episode, you don't know what we're talking about. I never mentioned what you're talking about, what we're talking about. So uh, let me go ahead and do that right now. Last episode, I announced, or we announced, a, a, a big announcement. It's big for us, at least. Uh, I, this is my last year teaching. You may know, if you've been listening for a while, that I am a high school teacher. I've been in the uh, Catholic education um, uh, arena for uh, a long time. <laughs> I've either been in youth ministry, working for a, a church parish, or working at a Catholic high school as a teacher for probably about 17 years, and that is a long time. And, uh, of course, there are lots of um, 
lots of sacrifices uh, that one makes to be a teacher uh, or or to be on staff at a parish. And that that's just the way things are today. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for such a long time, and my family is growing, and we've got just lots of... Uh, you know, just uh, lots of needs, really. We, we do. We, you know, our kids are getting older and they're involved in all these activities and, and things are more expensive today. And this is, uh, you know, so, so there's definitely a need there to increase my income. However, I have to say that this is not the sole motivation for uh, this transition. Um, it, it also has to do about, or has to do with passion. And I have been doing the social media thing for about four years now. I started out working, uh, doing social media type stuff for my classes, podcasting my classes, both the confirmation program that I run at uh, St. Peter's and also for my classes at school. So I got into podcasting, not in for the for the general public, really. It was for my classes, my, my for my students, and and that was the opening. That was the open door. I remember uh, hearing about Twitter maybe a month or two after it was launched, and I signed up on Twitter. So I've been tweeting since the, the very beginning, uh, you know, Facebook, of course, I mean, all these different things. And uh, I, I, I'm a geek at heart. And so I have started, you know, the, the you know, blogging. And then, of course, I had this idea of the Catholic foodie. And, and this came about because I had been doing all this blogging and podcasting stuff for my jobs, teaching and, and catechesis. And it's like, you know, I mean, it just kind of got stale, and I, I wanted to podcast and blog about something that I really loved. And, of course, I love my faith, so I wanted to keep that there, and I also just love food and cooking and and and, and that, that whole, I mean, good food, right, and, and cooking and what all that means, especially as it pertains to family life and um, and, and, and our faith. And so that that's how the Catholic foodie was born. And, you know, once again, it kind of goes hand in hand with these things that I really love in life. It's my faith, food, cooking, family, fun, all this good stuff, but also the technology. I really do, as a geek, love the technology. I'm a Mac addict. I have been. I converted about eight years ago. And uh, I just really get into all this. So I, I, I've developed, I had some help getting all this uh, started with the blog. Uh, from uh, Mike Lindner. Mike Lindner was invaluable to me. Uh, he's a listener of the Catholic Foodie. And uh, Mike was invaluable, uh, uh, kind of getting me started up there with uh, with the, the new blog, which has been about a year or so now. It's been over a year that since we've had that. And uh, he's taught me a lot on uh, kind of developing and, and running the blog and, you know, all the, the nuts and bolts of developing and designing and, and all of that. And I've, I've done a lot of study myself. And matter of fact, I'm now teaching people how to design websites using Drupal as a content management system. And so, um, you know, I really got into all this. And, of course, uh, the, the more and more I talk to people, uh, whether they're listeners of the Catholic Foodie and they, they find out, they see what I'm doing, and they're really excited about it and they want to know about it, or whether it's just people I meet in the course of, of, uh, of my daily life who own businesses or who are teachers or whatever – I get a lot of people who come to me and ask about social media and how do they can get into it and what, what kind of things can I do to benefit my business? What kind of things can I do to benefit my classroom? Uh, or I have a ministry. I, I'm, I'm involved in this, that, or the other. Or I started a nonprofit ministry. What are some of the things that I can do to better get the message out, you know, to get the message out more effectively and also to get in front of all these people who are online? What can I do? 
And so I'm, I'm helping people to do that. And this has just become kind of like a, a passion for me. I love it. And I, lo- I would do it for free if I could. So I, I just the thought came to me. I'm, I'm honestly kind of burnt out on teaching. And so uh, this is what is driving me right now. And I thought, well, why not? It's like now or never. Why not just launch out into the deep, <laughs> kind of go out on my own and, and start my own business as a consultant? Uh, uh, just uh, working in the social media media realm, and you know it, the, the title or the name of this business is Mac and Media, and it, it spans everything from uh, teaching individuals or doing workshops or seminars on uh, Mac applications, whether they're online applications or uh, uh, you know a- actual applications for the Macintosh computers. Um, doing you know, training and, and teaching there, also uh, helping people to get into uh, blogging and podcasting and and other forms of social media and how to to effectively use that, whether it's to better their business or their classroom or uh, or uh, ministry if they're involved in ministries, if it's a church parish or uh, some other kind of ministry. So that that's kind of where it's where it's going, and this would include like. Um, all the different applications that are out there, and there's so many, and they grow, and there's more and more every day, applications that are there online, uh, web-based applications that you could use for productivity, for instance, uh, iPhone applications that are there for productivity, and, and how they can sync together, and you can basically have a mobile office, right? A mobile office when you're out and about during your day. Uh, matter of fact, one of the things I'm working on right now is uh, I'm developing some workflows. And this is very interesting because, you know, there's a saying, you know, there's an app for everything, right? And there really is. There's an app for just about everything. And I'm, I love my iPhone. Just, just, uh, just it's, it's awesome. It's amazing how much it has uh, kind of changed uh, my workflows. And, and what I'm doing is kind of sitting down and developing workflows for, say, like teachers and business people and um, uh, whether it's they're freelancers or consultants or whether they work in an office and uh, for billing and invoicing and for, uh, you know, uh, for ministers and uh, all these different types of, of, of people, right, these different folks trying to develop workflows because here's why. There's an app for everything. There are millions, well, not really millions. There's you know, over 100,000 apps out there. And so the question is, what's the best one to use? You know, what's the best one to use if I want to do this? And what about that? You know, you got these two apps that, that, that do basically the same thing. I don't want to buy all these apps and wind up not using all of them. So what I do is I go in and I say, okay, this app works well with this app, and then you can put this workflow together. And what it does is it saves time, and people don't have to do all the research themselves. That's what I'm doing. They don't have to do all the research themselves, and I can show them and train them and get them up and running very quickly, very easily uh, on their iPhone so they could be mobile. And that's what we see more and more as a trend there going uh, for mobility, mobility in these uh, social applications. Anyway, that was our big announcement last week. And so, uh, you know, macandmedia.com it is, a, it's, it's the website, uh, macandmedia.com. You can you know, feel free to check that out and let me know what you think. I want to know what you think about what's on there. Uh, you know, I have to say, though, that it's not 
uh, it's not like a finished product. I mean, I'm constantly kind of revamping this. I'm, I'm, I'm building this from the ground up. And so there's, there's things that, uh, some of the things that are there are going to be changed and some things are going to be tweaked and some things will be added and yeah, that's just the way it goes. So, uh, but I would love to know what you think about that. And if there's anything I'm missing, is there something that should be there that's not? Uh, please do let me know. MacandMedia.com, I'd love to hear from you. Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ray. And, and this, this is Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered the Liturgy of the Hours, the formal prayers, a few years ago when I started subscribing to Magnificat magazine. I didn't know then that that's what they were called, but I loved having morning and evening prayers that I didn't have to create out of my own brain. About a year ago, I broke down and bought the Book of Christian Prayer, which is a step or three more complicated than what Magnificat has, and not quite as complicated as what priests and religious pray. It's a one-volume set that covers morning, day, evening, and night prayers. In my regular routine, I try to pray morning prayer. I've gone through times when I pray evening prayer, too, but I do best when I pack the bulk of my one-on-one prayer time into my quiet morning time, before the kids are awake and the house is bustling. By the time dinner rolls around, which is when evening prayer time usually is set, no matter what's being printed on the page, my prayer is something to the effect of, Help me here! I don't think God minds that, but yeah, you get the point. During Lent, I dabbled in night prayer and found just what I wanted in a prayer at the close of my day. Something simple that my frazzled mind could handle but that still had the beauty and rhythm of the other prayers. But when I think of the Liturgy of the Hours, I think of an article I read recently by Danielle Bean. Don't worry, I'll put a link in the show notes. She shares in that article how her day's prayer is punctuated intimately with her vocation as wife and mother. Her article makes me smile because it gives me a chance to lean into Mary once more, sitting in the kitchen during my prayer time and struggling, because that's so often where I'm at and what I'm doing. When I look, Mary is beside me during those pauses through the day. Maybe it's that my prayer of choice is the Hail Mary, or maybe it's that I need to know I can lean back into someone else. When my toddler wakes up screaming in the middle of the night. When my five-year-old has a seizure and a skin reaction to her medication. When the dog decides dinner consists of my husband's work shoes, the ones he needs to wear that day. When the car sits in a puddle of oil that wasn't there a moment before. When the dinner plan gets changed unexpectedly. When my two-year-old leans her head on my shoulder and whispers, Love you, Mommy. When my five-year-old asks how much I love Daddy. When my husband tells me I'm beautiful after a day in the trenches. When my hair looks one past frazzled and I'm wearing ketchup as my perfume. When a colleague lets me down and a friend tells me off. When a family member steps on my tender heart and then decides to spit, too, for good measure. 
When the test is positive, after months of being negative, and we find out about new life within. The liturgy of the hours will remain a prayer that is a kitchen prayer for me, because the kitchen seems to be the heart of my home. And when I pray the antiphons and gospel passages, the ones that link me so very closely to Mary, and remind me of her great joy and sorrow, and how very intertwined those two so often are for me as well, I hold her hand. This week, try punctuating your day with a Hail Mary. Maybe you can set an alarm on your phone or your stove. Maybe you can wear your ring on the other hand and say a prayer every time you notice how uncomfortable and weird that feels. However you do it, I encourage you to embrace this lovely tradition of our church to mark your day with prayer. And by doing so, give your day to God continuously as the most beautiful kind of gift. Well, thank you so much, Sarah Reinhardt. She is rocking awesome, isn't she? Uh, fantastic. And you can find more of Sarah over at uh, snoringscholar.com. And she's about, you know, in about 50 different places on the web. Uh, she's also over at catholicmom.com. And she has a segment on Lisa Hendy's Catholic Moments podcast, and it's called The Merry Moment. Uh, always very inspiring and uplifting to me. So, Sarah, I thank you for that. And I thank you for Mary in the Kitchen. Now, you know, Sarah talked about the Liturgy of the Hours, and the Liturgy of the Hours is one of my favorite prayers as well. And by the grace of God, I was able to remain faithful to pray in that morning, noon, and night, well, morning, noon, evening, and night uh, during Lent. And that is a huge deal for me. Uh, unfortunately, this past uh, few weeks, couple of weeks since Easter, I found it more of a challenge to stay uh, consistent every day. I usually pray at least some hour of the day, but it hasn't been every day. It's just been too chaotic. I don't know if it's just spring or what. Anyway, I am striving, though, striving to get back to a regular routine with the Liturgy of the Hours. It's something that I prayed for years and years uh, as a seminarian uh, in, in two different seminaries, you know, with Mother Teresa's priest and later studying for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. I also prayed it when I wasn't in the seminary. It just became a habit. And it's just so cool when you've prayed it for so long that you've kind of basically memorized the psalms, or a lot of the psalms, not necessarily all of them. And and during the day, for me, as I'm praying just spontaneously during the day, a lot of times quotes from the psalms come to me, and they become my prayer, you know, my spontaneous prayer, or direct quotes from the psalms, and it's just beautiful. So I love the Liturgy, liturgy of the Hours, and I mentioned, I believe, last episode that uh, I was supposed to have an interview today. Um, but because of the covenant of love that Char and I attended the last two weeks uh, on Thursday, the the, uh, the interview was supposed to take place on Thursday uh, evenings, um, uh, we were unable to do that. So I had to reschedule the interview for this coming Thursday because we have a week off of the covenant of love. So uh, next episode, we will have um, an excellent interview, by the way, and it's going to be about the Liturgy of the Hours. So I'm not going to say a whole lot right now about the Liturgy of the Hours other than what I've just shared with you. Um, but we have, you know, I think I mentioned it's an iPhone application out there called the Divine Office. And uh, you talk about an excellent application for a thousand different reasons. And we're going to get into those reasons next week. Uh, and we have the mastermind behind 
this application, uh, Dane Faulkner, who is going to be with us on the show. So please stay tuned for next episode, episode 70 of The Catholic Foodie, to hear that, uh, that wonderful interview. Anyway, I do want to uh, mention a couple things here before we close. First of all, first of all, there is a new um, affiliate of SQPN, a new SQPN affiliate. I'm excited about this. It is Lino Ruli. Lino Ruli and his uh, podcast, Lino at Large. Uh, you may have heard of Lino from Catholic Radio. He is uh, the Catholic guy on Sirius Satellite Radio. And uh, you may remember, if you've been listening to The Catholic Foodie, that during Mardi Gras, the, the week of Mardi Gras, actually Mardi Gras Day, I, uh, I was a guest on The Catholic Guy with Lino Rulli. They were down here for a few days doing live broadcast of The Catholic Guy from the French Quarter. It was pretty crazy. I don't know who put them up to that. Uh, I think that they came down. They had no idea what they were getting into <laughs> i don't i don't think they did anyway it was it was very exciting i got to listen to those shows and i uh, got to actually be on the show on uh, on fat tuesday on mardi gras day and it was so much fun it was just so much fun getting it you know having a chance to meet uh to meet the crew there and uh, lino is a trip <laughs> something else uh so you can find out more about lino of course uh at linoruli.com and uh, once again, I mean, he is a new affiliate of SQPN, so you can keep your eyes out over at sqpn.com for more of Lino Ruli and his Lino at Large podcast. Uh, another bit of good news about Lino is that he is now, um, he is a keynote speaker for the CNMC this year, which is going to be the beginning of August. The Catholic New Media Celebration is going to be in Boston, and I certainly hope to see you there. You can find out more about the CNMC at celebration.sqpn.com. And uh, our good friend Steve Nelson is uh, regularly updating that, uh, that page, uh, celebration.sqpn.com, and giving us all the latest scoop on what's gonna, what, what, what we can expect from the CNMC this year. So very exciting stuff. Please go check that out. Let me know, by the way, if you are planning to be there at the CNMC. I certainly hope so. I would love to meet you and... Um, Ooh, I'm excited. I am excited. So, lots of good things happening in the world of Catholic New Media, and we're going to talk more about that next week. And until then, bon appétit. I'm Julia Child. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.